Hello and welcome to another episode of If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Jessica Carter Ogle, as always. And as always with me is my husband, Stephen Ogle. Say hi to the folks, Stephen. Hey, everybody. How are we doing? Today, the podcast and myself are both 40. It, 40. In, it in episodes, me in years, but nonetheless, 40. 40. For those of you who Crazy. have listened to all 40 episodes, like, you are rock stars. We've been doing this podcast for 40 years. Wow. <laughs> Man, being with you for 40 years, woo, crazy. Yeah, you'd be you'd be a better person for it, I'll tell you that. If I was if I made it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He tries to be the death of me, folks. There's no escape. There's that that much is for sure. And that's the romance I'm dealing with, y'all. Yeah. Do you guys have any great gems like that in your relationships? Yeah. Goodness. But it is crazy to me that 40 episodes. Like why what are we even talking about, man? <laughs> No, I mean we're talking about life and living and just yeah. L I V I N the the joys of of uh, of what we do in our regular everyday life and I yeah. feel like uh, we do some fun stuff, man. Like yeah, we enjoy not? doing this together. Like I think it's cool um, for your relationship to have as many different like aspects and things like that as possible. Like obviously, still be your own independent people, but. I think the more things you can do together and the different things you can do just help you grow as a couple and help you learn about each other and learn if you really fit, learn if you really can do all of those things together. And I think we can. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we, we gave a shout out to my buddy Tay last week and we had some photos up with him and some posts. And uh, I'm going to give another shout out to him because we talked for two hours. I didn't know he had been listening to the podcast the whole yeah. time. and. We talked about loyal listener Tay. Thank you. We talked about that very topic of of being strong with your spouse and having a strong relationship that literally, like, you can say anything to the other person and and there's a respect level and a love level there that's just un- unbreakable. And, yeah. and that's and that's really cool. Um, and yeah, so shout out to Tay because him him and his him and his wife have a sim- similar thing that we have where yeah. they can say what they need to say and. The other person is not going to hold it against them. The other person is going to be like, all right, that's their feelings. And how do we move forward? It's so funny, too, because that kind of relationship is so rarely seen in in the media, in yeah. television. Yeah. We just started watching um, White Lotus season two and Ooh. we're halfway through. And I'm like, every couple is dysfunctional. Every couple is a couple that I wouldn't want to be. And yes, it's for entertainment purposes, but it just also makes me feel sad because it just standardizes and normalizes all of this like negative relationship, all of this non-communication and all of all of that kind of stuff, which, I, you know, it's not going to give you ratings to see like a couple having like a good conversation and being open and honest, I guess. But I will say... And I haven't finished, I'm not fully caught up, but 911, as you all know, I love 911. And I will say the two main married, the main married couple on there is probably one of the only solid communicative relationships that I've seen on television, to be honest. It just stands out to me. Um, And now, like I said, I'm only in the middle of season five. So if they implode or something and someone spoils that for me, you're going down. Yeah. But I'm just saying like it's you don't see I don't see a relationship like ours really represented anywhere. Um, In recent memory, I think the only show that I've seen that's had a a good 
uh, relationship on the show in which they communicate very well was uh, Randall and Beth in This Is Us. Yeah, Randall and Beth were great. Their their relationship was, I mean, yeah. man, it was great. What I loved about them and what I feel like is good for a solid relationship is, I mean, Randall was, man, he was all over the place a lot. And she always supported him, yep. but she always told him. She I, was always like, do you really think this is the right thing you should be doing? I This is wrong, but you're my husband. I love you. I'm here with you, but I don't agree with that. And and that couple was probably the most relatable to me in the relationship I'm in because I felt like Randall a lot of times. I, I agreed with Randall a lot of times, but I was like, wow, Beth is saying things that Jessica would totally Keep say to me. Keep me in your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, yeah. you know, all that to say, we really enjoy doing the podcast. Who knows, you know, what's going to come of it. If anything does, that would be awesome. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at the end of the day, we're just enjoying uh, having another facet to our relationship. It's, it's so and that you guys are listening, which is awesome. Like it, I, you don't know what that means. It's so it's so fun to do this, and it's fun to hear feedback of yes. people going. Like Tay told me, he's like, I listen to it when I'm in the car on a log ride, where I can listen to the whole thing, and he's like, and I feel like I'm having a conversation that I can't respond to. Yes, and we've had people tell us that a few times, and I like that. That's yeah. sort of my goal. I I want it to feel like we're all just hanging out, and yeah. it's not something I'm actively doing, but that's just how it is that if we were going to do this that's how i wanted it to be and speaking of hanging out and out being the operative word you took us outside not too recently in the last few minutes before we recorded oh it's a gorgeous day y'all it is crisp and clean air out there a light dusting of snow on the ground just a couple and their dog walking through the neighborhood it was adorable we're a PC podcast, so I will say it was cold as fill in the blank for whatever negative oh, word yes. you want to put there. I was enjoying my beautiful December morning, and I had Grumpy Gus next to me. Oh, it's cold Speaking and windy. Speaking of December. How does how does Sophia handle that, man? Like, it's windy as ever, and she is in stealth mode, sniffing all the smells. Yeah, and because she's just she's, re- she she's don't not, even care. She's not a Grumpy Gus. She don't even care. She, she could not, care nothing about the cold. She's like, ooh, more she smells. She loves adventure and spending time with her family. She's great. Take a note. I love her. Like I said, speaking of December, this episode is airing on December 20th, so I want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, happy holidays. Yes. There's other holidays that are happening before Christmas. Um, And during, so happy holidays to everyone. To everyone, yeah. Um, But also Merry Christmas. Christmas is what we celebrate. Yep. So, yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, I hope you guys have a good holiday. We celebrate the time in which uh, the uh, white bearded fella in a red coat uh, breaks into people's houses just to leave them gifts. What a great concept. Yeah. (laughs) Mainly just celebrating family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Family and friends. Yeah. So last we talked, we were in Tennessee, um, and you know, we didn't get to see a lot of family because, like, I, you know, I think ever since COVID, Maybe I'm just hyper aware of it. It just seems like everyone's sick. And like we didn't get to see family in Tennessee. We saw some, but not everybody. Right. But when we got home, we found out more of that specific bubble of family that we didn't see are sick again. Yeah. And then some of our other family and friends are sick that are close to us. And it's just like I, I went to Kroger Friday morning and I think I got the last spot in the lot. And I walked in and started having a mini panic attack because I was like, oh, my God, there's too many people here. And I told Stephen, I'm like, everywhere we go from now till Christmas, masks, 
because it's too many people. We had stopped wearing masks and I'm like, there are just too many people around. And I, y'all have no idea. Like I am literally terror, terrified of being sick again for Christmas. You know, I, I, I will say this because th- this is not a, this is not a political thing th- for us. This is the fact that last year we were both sick. My oh, wife yeah. specifically sick on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and turned out had COVID. And for her, I, I, I have to say that like, and she can speak more to this obviously, but it was a blur to her. Yeah. She missed, I, she missed out on a lot of Christmas. And for her, yeah. the one like similar to my mother and her mother and her dad, they all look forward to Christmas more than anything because they look well, forward to spending time with family and goofing around and playing games and watching yeah. It's a Wonderful and Life it was and our Christmas second- Story and just doing that kind of stuff. And last year we were sick and your brother was sick and it was just, it, it literally was killed the holiday. It was our second time hosting. Yeah. I had games set out to play with everybody. I had all this stuff and I could barely hold my head up. And yeah. I don't want another New Year's Eve where you make me stay up till midnight and the ball drops and I look at you and say, Happy New Year, can I please go to bed now? I don't want that. Yeah. I, it, and it could still happen, it but I don't totally want to contribute to it. So. Yeah. All that to say, you know, I'm wishing everyone a healthy and safe holidays as well. Yeah, and I'm hoping that we get to see all of our family and friends. So in two days from this airing, his mom will be in and, you know, kickstarting all of our holiday festivities. So, And if you're out there traveling, be safe on the highways, especially in the Northwest, Midwest. It's going to be snowy. Yeah. It's guaranteed. So just be safe out there. Make smart decisions. Yeah. I uh, mean, even on our way home from Tennessee, there was a little snow call called in the weather it was super like rainy as well and foggy again but it was a good drive and on the way home so we got home wednesday and friday you guys have heard me talk about cookie day yeah friday was supposed to have um a cookie day with my mom and she texted me wednesday morning and was like if you don't feel like baking i'm not going to be mad and i had just said to steven I'm already exhausted just thinking about doing cookie day on Friday. Yep. Um, and so I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't know. And then um, we ended up canceling it. And my mom and Steven both gave me a lecture about how they were worried about me. What tends to happen to me is I go, go, go and I get run down and then I get sick. Yep. And so I'm trying to be really conscious of that. And my mom's like, I'm worried about you. You know, last year you looked so bad. You were just, and I'm like, well, I had COVID. She's like, I know, but I don't want you to get it again. And, you know, my brother wasn't feeling good. And she's like, you know, I don't want you to spend the day in the house. And so just all this stuff culminated into where we're not doing cookie day. And it had, it got me thinking about like traditions and things and how yep. you get to a point where, I mean, my mom and I do tons of stuff together and I love her and I have always loved cookie day, but it got it's gotten to the point where to me it almost feels like a chore. It almost feels like we have to do it every year because we've done it every year. And I don't want traditions like that. Like we my mom's making like a couple pies and something for Christmas Eve and I'm making stuff for Christmas Day and then there's going to be like six cookies on top of it. Like it's so much stuff. It's hard to enjoy. I'm like, why don't we make a couple of these on Easter instead? Why don't we like Just because you've always done something. I mean, it's the same thing in business. The the exact mentality is what kills any business. Just because you've always done it doesn't mean you keep doing it. You know, it's it's interesting because my family, while we were down there for family, you know, for Caldwell Christmas, um, my aunt Melanie talked about the fact that, like, maybe maybe we move Caldwell Christmas 
to the spring months yeah. because she's older. She doesn't need to be getting sick. My Liz is older and like cannot well, get sick at all. They have conditions, both of them. Yeah. So like, and now it's harder. It's harder for my cousins and my aunt and uncle to travel because some of my cousins live in Colorado. Some live in Texas. Some live in Florida. Weather like, is always an issue in December. Yep. And flights are more expensive in December. And so like, and it's. It, I was like, I think that's a great idea. And ironically, you guys have heard us talk about the world's biggest fish fry that happens in April. And when we were driving down this time in my head, I was like, it would be great if everyone could just come in for that instead because yeah. it's a nicer weather and all of that. And that's sort of what Melanie was thinking. And I'm hoping, yeah. I told her, I'm like, as the matriarch elder, this is <laughs> up to you to make this decision, but we're yeah. on board. So for any of my cousins that are listening and weren't in that conversation oh, yeah. because it was ever, no no other cousins were yeah. in that conversation, I basically told my Aunt Melanie, I said, look, if, if you ladies make the decision if you siblings make the decision to change this, then for the future generation, us, you know, nieces, your nieces and nephews, if you guys change it, then we'll accept it. Yeah, it's changed. But it's if you done. guys, if literally, if all of you guys are gone, then someone in the group, I don't know who, but there will be someone in the group that will be like, our parents never changed it. Why are we going to change it? And as and, generations. And I think that's a, per- I told M- Melanie, I said, that's a permission. If you change it, you're making that permission for all the for yeah. the next generation to change it and it be okay. Then we don't have to do anything either. And we'll and, and <laughs> we'll we'll talk. We're going to talk Christmas stories. We'll talk. I'll talk a little bit more Caldwell Christmas yes, in, this a, is in a few minutes. Our Christmas episode, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. So um, I think traditions can change. I think that they should change. Yeah. Um. So who knows what'll happen in the future? But I just I didn't want to do it. Like I. I want to change things. I want to do some things differently and make different things and not feel like I have to make everything still, even if I make something different. When every, when something that is a tradition turns into a chore, it's no longer, it's no longer worth doing. And you know, my mom and I are so similar because my dad's the one that like, well, I want everything and I want it. And I, and I literally, I surprised myself because I talked to him. I, she texted me and I said, fine, I'm fine with it. Call me. And she never called me because that's classic Karen. But nonetheless. <laughs> so then my dad calls a check-in on the drive and he's like, your mom wants to talk to you to do a list for Friday. And I said, I thought we weren't doing that. And he's like, well, you know me. I, I really want it. And I said, I really don't want to do it. And I even surprised myself that I said that because normally I'd be like, okay. But I was like, I really don't want to do it. And then I called my mom and she's like, it's fine. She's like, I'm going to make this and this. And I'm like, well, I'll make this and this. We'll make a couple things on our own at our own time where it's not like a full day commitment of doing everything. And um, I called her when I got home just because I'm neurotic and I I never want like, you know, to like disappoint my parents. I mean, that's standard no matter how old you are. And I was like, I want to make sure you're not disappointed. And she's like, uh, not at all. I was like, technically, you are the one that said it to me first. So I don't know why I'm feeling like bad right now. But she's like, no, I she's like, I don't want you to get run down. I don't want you to get sick. And I just don't want all that. We don't need all that stuff. So now it's like kind of cool. I'm making a couple different things that I haven't made before. And I've got a whole vision for like my my whole like table of desserts and everything I'm going to have. And I'm actually excited about it now. Yeah. That there's going to be some different stuff and there's going to be stuff people still like. And, uh, you know, a couple of things my dad wanted. I'm not going to like be like, no, I won't do it. But yeah, um, but I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to changing it. And I think as you know, it's done at me and Steven's house. It 
needs to be some of just me and Steven stuff too, you know, just like when yep. my parents took it over, they did a lot like my grandparents, but also changed some things up. And I think that's just kind of how you grow and move forward. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, that's totally up to you ladies. Yeah. If you guys make that decision together, then cool. Well, and that's the thing. I'm like, okay, well, her and I are the ones that are doing it. So if we don't want to do it, then we're not going to do it. And yeah. that's 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 that. But that doesn't mean, you know, we're not going to do anything. It's just going to be a little bit different. But it, it'll still be wonderful, and it'll still be everyone together, and that's what matters. So Yeah, and th- and I'm looking at it from the aspect of you're always a go, 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 yes. go, 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 especially around the holidays. And I was like, oh, oh boy, I'd really like it if you could – Take like a, I'm literally, I'm not, apparently I'm not allowed to do anything after we record the podcast today, even nope. though the floor needs to be swapped really bad. And I'm not allowed to do anything after work tomorrow. So we'll see. No, that's Wednesday. Tomorrow you can do whatever. Wednesday after work, you're not allowed to do anything because well, you need a break well, before my mom to, gets make here. Make tomorrow be one too. Oh, okay. Um, But I, yeah, because. Fine. Executive decision on the podcast. Done. Excellent. Okay. He's got to tell me or I can't, or I don't do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Otherwise she will literally run herself. But there's just so much to, to do. Like, you know, I talked about like seeing friends and stuff. It's so hard. I saw my friend Molly a couple weeks ago. I talked about it. it had been forever. We saw our friend Julie on Thursday. Like Julie had picked up our packages every single day we were gone in Tennessee. Like I had said, she literally came every day, but Sunday and the day we drove home and yep. she got our packages and she got our mail. And it was just so kind. And so, you know, we met up for a happy hour with her and we got a little gift for her. Um, She loves mimosas, quote unquote. You can't see my air quotes. She basically loves champagne. So when we go to eat, and I've said this before, she'll order like a mimosa with orange juice on the side. And it's hilarious. So I bought her like a cute bottle of champagne, like a bottle of Prosecco and the champagne ornament for the tree. And then I bought her an orange and she was cracking up because I was like, this is perfect for you. All you need is to squeeze one orange wedge into your glass of champagne and that's a mimosa. (laughs) So I got her that. Um, And I also got, I don't know if you guys have heard of these birdie alarms. Uh, Um, So they're geared towards women. It's like this keychain alarm that you can carry with you. It's probably the size. I mean, it's probably, I don't know what it's the size of. Maybe like a travel toothbrush, like folded down in like a case old school one i was gonna say it's about the size of a pepper spray actually yeah that's better because i don't even know if they anyway so but it's this alarm and you if you're feeling threatened you pull it apart and it emits this super bright flashing light and like piercing siren sound like a car alarm And it's like a safety precaution for women, which we shouldn't need. But nonetheless, I bought one for myself and for Julie and for my mom. If she's hearing this, I didn't give it to her yet. And I'm going to get one for um, Stephen's mom as well. Um, But I got one of those for her as well. And I'm like, I want to have um, something that we can use like... For her, she's got a tiny little dog. She walks her dog by herself. And, like, I would be shocked if someone tried to approach me with Soph. But Julie's dog is just a little fluff baby. And so I'm like, something for you to, you know, use. So, you know, luckily I've never had to use it. But, I mean, it it is bright and it is loud. Yeah. So, you know, give a a look to those if you're interested. And they're, they're, um cost effective like they're not crazy expensive or anything yeah i would think somebody would be incredibly stupid to come up to you and so while you're walking <laughs> right no kidding i mean really so's a dumb... sweet little baby but you mess with her mama and Oof. yeah i'm telling you man like i 
I would not want to be on the yeah. other end of that. And everyone's always predisposed to be like scared of pits anyway, which is unfortunate, but I, I'd rather have that work in my favor and people leave me and my pup alone, to be honest. You know, it's funny because we were in Tennessee. I'll tell this story r- okay. real quick. Yeah. Chris, Chris came over, brought us some uh, venison, some deer meat because uh, his son killed a deer on opening day. And uh, they also went in on a cow. He hunted a deer. Like, I killed it. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Anyways. Anyways. And they also went in and got like a third of a cow. So they had all this meat. And and so we brought a cooler and he brought us probably what, like eight or 10 pounds of deer meat, something like that. I don't know. He brought us us quite a bit. Um, But when he came over and delivered it, uh, we were standing outside. Sophia's barking. And I turned around and I was like, Sophia, it's fine. It's okay. And then she stopped barking. And uh, I was like, dude, do you want to come in? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm just really nervous. I'm like, dude, trust me. It's fine. Just don't stand at the door. Just come in like you belong there. You yeah. Know, come in, hug everybody, and come, get away from the door. And I said, like, trust me, within less than five minutes, she'll be totally fine. Yeah. She didn't even bark at him when he came in. No. She went immediately to sniffing him because he has a dog. And then as soon as he walked in through the door, through the doorway and into the other room, she went and grabbed a toy and was ready to play with him. She loved him. Absolutely. And even like your Aunt Melanie came over as well. Yep. Because your mom called me yesterday and um, she was talking about Soph and she's like, she loved Chris, didn't she? I'm like, oh yeah, she did. And she's like, even Melanie, she was so good with Melanie. Melanie was, Melanie was surprised. And I'm like, yeah, you just got to give her a minute. Like, yeah. And I said to your mom, I'm like, it's even like you introducing your like two year old kid to somebody. Do they run up? Norm- normally they're shy. They're holding onto your leg. They're uncertain. And then before you know what, they're like, can you come play with me? It's like, yeah. that's like how Soph is. It's just a little bit more. It's can be a little bit more anxiety, I guess, because she's a dog. But it's like, give her a second to sniff to, you know. And 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 people. She's never like gone after anybody. She's never like. No lunged at anybody she's never done anything like that she's just barked because she's not sure and then she sniffs you and then she's okay yeah and when somebody new comes into our house mm-hmm. she's barking to let them know this is her house yeah, yeah. any dog does that any and her dog instinct will bark. is to bark period like as, when my parents pull up she barks and then she sees that it's them and she stops because her instinct is danger yeah. somebody is here that isn't supposed to be here and so yeah. but I'm, I'm glad your aunt melanie had that experience with her and chris and that's even going back to like seeing our friends like i was talking about seeing julie like we were able to see chris which was nice we to saw see. chris we went, twice yep chris we went out to sarah, dinner with both. him and his wife sarah and yeah um we're seeing my friend kim on tuesday who i haven't seen in probably 30 years and that that's dramatic it hasn't been that long but it feels like it <laughs> And it's been your um, birthday. yesterday I did some cooking and some holiday prep around the house. And he went out with his friend, Jared, who he hasn't seen since my birthday party in July. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean it, I, you know, it's tis the season for like nostalgia for yeah. talking and being with those who mean the most to you. Which reminds me, Jared and I went to this place. I will not say the name of the place because what I have to say next is is something that I don't agree with. They put on the receipt a surcharge for using a credit card. They added a surcharge to my bill. It's funny because Jared and Catherine are the only people who, that's the second time I've heard of that happen and it's been them. They said they went to another bar in the Clarkston area where they got charged an extra charge for using a credit card. Yeah. And they're, and they don't, they haven't gone back. And it's weird to me because there's so many, you would think maybe like a little mom and pop place, but even those places now are like, you have to use the square or you have to use this. Like so many places are like, you have to use a card that it's very weird to me that a place would do that. And I honestly wouldn't go back either. One, 
because I'm always going to be using a card and I don't want to have to pay extra. And two, they don't tell you this until you see it on your bill. And I looked, I literally looked at my bill and I was like, wow, that 88 cents that just took out a dollar of their tip. And I feel like that sounds bad, but at the it's, same time, it's like... It sounds bad. But here's the thing. They're not recouping their fee for using a card. No. They get charged like three bucks for using a card. So what are they doing? Yeah, I don't know. It's a waste. Like know. literally Jared and I looked at it. He's like, this doesn't even recoup their fee. And no. I was like, oh, that's a good point. Like that that's what he said. And I was like, wow, I, I agree. Because they get yeah. charged like three bucks every time they, like every time a transaction is done with a credit card, that company that's you're you're paying to, they have to pay three bucks for using your card to pay yeah. for something. So charging me 88 cents. What, yeah. what are you doing? That's why like a lot of places will be like, oh, you, for a credit card has to be a $10 minimum purchase. They say that, but that's technically illegal to do. You can't actually do that, though businesses do it anyway. Yeah. I don't know how they get away with that, but, uh, but yeah, it was Hard great. It was, anything. it was, uh, it was great to see Jared um, and catch up with him. And, and, you know, I mean, we talk, we talk on the phone every couple of weeks. We text, you know, but uh, seeing him in person, it's a, it, like I can't. Jared's one of those people that seeing in person is a much better experience because you laugh a lot more. I laugh a lot more when I'm seeing Jared, and and Jared's a guy that I used to, you know, see on a weekly basis. And now that I, you know we've been living in Plymouth, I don't I don't see him as often. So it was I, it was good to see Jared. I can't wait to see Steph next week. Steph and Chuck will be in, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of glad that I'm glad we're not going away anymore because I just don't even want to. But also. We've got more time to be um, flexible. Be present for things and people. Yeah. Like we, you know, we have some like, uh, oh, that's something we were supposed to do this weekend. We'll have to do it later. What's that? Map out a schedule of our time off because we're off between Christmas and New Year. And there's some things we want to do. Yeah. And some things we don't want to do. So we want to make sure we have time to. Yeah. I mean, we, we have that week off between Christmas and New Year's. I know not everybody listening will get that. Um, But, uh, you know, we try to figure out how to utilize that to where we utilize some free time in there, but also utilize stuff to where we get some stuff done that we need to get done. Yeah. Um, as, as with anything, I feel like that's just a normal thing, but we, we kind of map it out a little bit better and, yeah. uh, we still got to do that. But <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of mapping things out, we did a podcast a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that discussed black Adam, the movie. Um, and there's been a lot of information that has happened since Black Adam. So if you've been living under a rock, did it? For those of you that don't know, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock is the star. The Rock is the star. Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, if you've been living under a rock, Henry Cavill came back as Superman in that movie in the end credit scene as a cameo, and everybody was About like, two yeah. seconds of the most exciting. I would say Woo! that's probably when DC fans became excited again for yes. DC. Yes. They saw that and they were like, all the crap that DC has pulled on us, they are finally doing something we want and we are for it. We are Steven. we are all for it. And, and then, then <laughs> two weeks later, they announced that James Gunn, and I can never remember the other guy's last name, but the other guy's name is Peter, and his, his last name starts with an S. I can never remember his name, nor can I pronounce it. Um, but they took over as co-CEOs of now what is called DC Studios. I didn't even know that. Oh, wow, like Marvel. Yeah, they marketed it now. Good night, nurse. I I love James Gunn. James Gunn is brilliant. I think he has done some amazing stuff, especially with Guardians of the Galaxy. Peter Safran. Who? Safran. Peter Safran. Safran. So um, they got announced two weeks after Black Adam came out 
as being the new CEOs, and things started to make, they started to make changes. One of the changes they made canceled Wonder Woman 3. Gone. And then reports came out that Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman 1 and 2, basically she sent in her treatment for Wonder Woman 3 and didn't like any of the notes that she was given and told them they didn't know anything about character development. Now that's a little bit of a rumor, but also at the same time, in the entertainment industry, when there's a rumor like that, there's a little bit of truth well, in it. I don't know if it's true or not, but I will say if anyone doesn't know anything about character development, it might be Patty Jenkins because Wonder Woman 2 was a complete devolution of Wonder Woman. Yes. That movie was trash. And Wonder Woman 1 was great, 2 was trash, and Gal Gadot was like a whiny little schoolgirl, I felt like. Not whiny, but she was like a heart-sick schoolgirl. And then I didn't even want there a three to exist. Like, they took her in the first movie from being a very strong, powerful woman that doesn't need anybody to the second movie completely, completely depending yeah. upon a man. Yeah. Which was, as It's like she, she basically was like Ariel cut, losing her voice to be with Prince Eric. So, two thumbs down. So that's cool that they canceled Wonder Woman 3. I'm fine with that. Cool. Awesome. Um, Shazam movie is still coming out. The second Shazam. It's not connected to anything that we've seen in the DC universe. And the first Shazam. <laughs> so they're safe. So they're safe, I feel like, uh, which is fantastic because Zachary Levi and that whole cast did a great job in the first movie. And I think they'll do a great job in the second movie. Trailer looks great. Can't wait. Um, Henry Cavill announced this week that he's out. Yeah. That he's no longer Superman. He met with James Gunn and, and all the parties. And they had a nice discussion and said that there could be something in the future, but for now his time as as Superman is over and he is laying down the cape. And as a Henry Cavill fan of him being Superman, I was a little sad because I was like, he never got the he never got to do Superman right after Man of Steel. Nobody nobody got to do anything right in DC because of DC. Yeah. And I feel like the irony is like, if you're DC and you're working on this deal for James Gunn and somebody else, whoever, whoever it is, to be, Peter in, to be a C- CEO, but I'm just saying man X, woman Y, to be a CEO, and you know this plan is in place. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's been building for a while. Yep. You should not be making bold moves with your characters and your movies. You yep. should kind of be going by even keel, pushing things more like Black Adam, which is sort of a one-off because we didn't know about him, or Shazam, things like that. Because you know somebody new is coming in. Somebody new is going to make changes. If James Gunn came in and kept working with the plan that DC already had in place, what's the point of him? So yes. it's like in classic DC fashion, they F up again. The thing is that... If Henry Cavill doesn't cameo in Black Adam, Black Adam can be connected to their new universe. Right, exactly. Now they have to write something, and they have to create some sort of loophole or do something different to explain why he would still exist or or to continue that story in their new universe. Which I feel like, based on how it did at the box office and not making as much money as they wanted to, I feel like there may not even be a sequel for Black Adam. No, and I feel like... It's just weird because the end of Black Adam basically was a play. Is it called a? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Was basically like a recipe for Black Adam the sequel. Yeah. So it's like 
that's so weird to me that you would put that much, you would give us the whole storyline and everything that's, you know, everything that we can imagine to happen. And then that's not even going to be it. I mean, even with that scene, the way they did it, they could have done it without showing Henry Cavill's face. They could have had a stand in yeah. like they did with Shazam where they didn't show his head, but they showed the whole body. But that was their the whole suit. thing. They were like, Henry yep. Cavill is back. So that, that means I'm not going to see my branding Ben Affleck anymore, probably. Maybe not. That's, what, that's what about it. Jason Momoa? Like, is Aquaman done? Like, the thing is, the the rumors that I've read this week is that uh, Aquaman, J, uh, Jason Momoa, may be done with Aquaman after that movie comes out in December of next year. So one full year from oh now, my gosh. they've delayed that movie that far all the way to December. And there's rumors that that may be. He may be done with Aquaman after that and may be recast to play a completely different character. And that's insane to me. That's dumb. What does James Gunn have a hard on for Jason Momoa? Like, that makes no sense. If you're going to, here's my thing you either start anew or you don't. At this point with DC, they're going to continue Batman. I'm sorry, Robert Pattinson was crap. He was trash in that role. The movie was trash. Can't stand it. (laughs) That was stupid. If they're going to cancel anything, cancel that so I don't have to watch that crap again. But nonetheless, it's like if you're going to start over, then start over. Let James Gunn and Peter Saffron build their quote-unquote DC universe. Yeah. Because all DC is trying to do is be Marvel. And they have failed at every step. So now they've got somebody who's worked on Marvel. Yep. And maybe he can help them. Yeah. And they still... They're just trying to basically make a Kevin Feige. And of all things that are going to come out that are still happening with DC that has not been canceled is the Flash movie. And I am absolutely mind-boggled by that. That's so stupid to me. First of all, they don't need to release that. Nope. DC will never, quote-unquote, lose money. No. Like, they're not going to make back the money from that movie, but they're DC. They're not going to actually lose money. They'd be better off scrapping that and putting together quality stuff yeah. that will then, in turn, give them more revenue than if they had done this. Now, it, James Gunn has announced that he is going to write a Superman movie, which I'm excited to yeah, see Yeah, some kind of, like, 20-year-old Clark Kent. Yeah, so... Um, and so, I, like, who's going to play that? And I did see uh, there was a thing online that they they took. It wasn't Henry Cavill. It was Carrie Havel cast as yeah as uh yeah uh what was it uh Kent Clark Kent Clark yeah. And I was like, that's fantastic. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's just weird. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes and. Rest assured, we will be keeping you abreast of the situation with any new development. As as always, Marvel will continue to be Marvel and and continue to sail and do great. And yeah. DC will continue to flounder. Yeah. And Marvel will just continue to be great. And if you haven't done so already, please watch the Guardians holiday special because yes. it's great. It is fantastic. But let's back get into... Um, but speaking of holiday and Christmas... No, no? not yet. Oh. So what else did we do this weekend? Oh, my goodness gracious. We went so to we see went the to Punch a Brothers. Show, yes, in Ann Arbor at the Hill Auditorium. We saw Bela Fleck and the Punch Brothers. Yes, the Punch Brothers. Oh, man. Uh, I've been a fan of Chris Thiele basically since he put out his first album when he was in his like junior high years. Uh, he plays mandolin. Uh, Chris Thiele is one of the best musicians on the planet, and he put together a group of people 
uh, called the Punch Brothers years ago in like 2006. They got together. Um, so it's banjo, mandolin, guitar, upright bass, and fiddle. And it'd be considered bluegrass. Yeah, it's bluegrass. Um, I mean, some of the most talented musicians and well-written music you will ever hear in your life. Yeah. It is absolutely insane, the talent that was on that stage. I, w- I will say one thing coming out of my relationship with Steven. Steven has the most varied taste in music across the board, like as a musician, knowing good music from bluegrass to metal to everything, Stephen likes everything. And I have been introduced to a lot of things like Southern metal rock with Maylene and the Sons of Disaster is not something I would have ever listened to. And I enjoy them um, more bluegrass and like folk music than I've ever listened to where I've discovered some of my own, like discovering the murder folk genre on my yeah. own. Um but Punch Brothers is probably something I've never listened to without Steven, but I love it. Like, it, they're really good. My favorite song is My Oh My. If you don't listen to any other song by Punch Brothers, listen to My Oh My. Yes. Um, it's good. It's a lot of story-driven stuff and a lot of instrumental, but it's great. Like, they're a great band. They are a group of people who love what they're doing. Yeah. And you can tell, like, Bela Flack, like, he is um, a banjo player. He has umpteenth Grammys. He's been playing for decades. He yep. put together a group of people and, you know, they played, um, they were the main act. Yep. And then with bluegrass, as Steven was telling me, it's a different kind of genre. They all just want to play together. So like the end of the show, the last 20 minutes in the encore was about yeah. 20 people on stage. Yeah. And, and throughout Bella's, throughout Bella's set, um, he had Sierra Hall play a mandolin, but he had Chris Thiele come up and play mandolin too. Yeah. He had Gnome. Uh, come up and play banjo at some point from Punch Brothers. Uh, like he had everybody come in and set in. And then, of course, as she said, the encore was all of them. Bluegrass is one of those things. Like I grew up going to bluegrass festivals with my dad um, and and Dan Knowles when they were the Almost Brothers. Uh, and, um, man, uh, it just it's cool because you go to a bluegrass festival and you'll see, you know, three people playing just play a music off on the side and then you can take your instrument and go over and just sit in and just, just literally, you don't even stop them and say, Hey, can I play? You just come in and just start playing. That's just the, that's, it's, a, it's a very happy, positive yes, atmosphere. Yes. And it's, and it's, a, it, you challenge one another. It's not a, like, I'm like, I'd love to go to a bluegrass festival. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's not a, I'm better than you. It's a, Oh dude, you did that. That's cool. Oh, I could, I could do this. It's like you trade off solos. You trade off, you show it, try to friendly show one another up. And yes, just with everything, there are people that don't like each other and that exists. But, uh, in, in the bluegrass world, it's a lot of, Oh my gosh, Bella Fleck is literally the main act on stage, but Noam is here. So I'm going to I'm going to have him come out and play cuz how cool would that yeah. be to play with no And Bela Fleck would usually step aside. Yeah. Like it, it's the first time I've ever seen like the opener and the main act on stage together and the main guy Bela Fleck like that wouldn't exist without him is off to the side and like Chris Thiele and Sierra Hall like they're singing at the mic and it's like that's so interesting to me and they ended um because it's around the holidays, they were like, I don't know, holidays are kind of played out. We don't want to like be that band, but like this song is so meaningful to so many people. And yeah. then they go into a perfectly pitched rendition of Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas song. <laughs> yeah, Christmas and it's time just is hilarious. Here. <laughs> yeah. So 
it was just a really it was a fun concert and like i i enjoyed the ending with the holiday and they they played like i think jingle bells like you could hear jingle bells and then they would like twist off into their stuff and pick back up into jingle bells and that's the cool thing about the cool thing about bluegrass you know they've all played together you know this is all planned out but the cool thing about bluegrass is you feel like it's all on the fly yes and i think that's just to show how talented the musicians are yeah and chris thiele when he's on stage he looks like one of those wacky wacky inflatable man yeah like he's just his feet stay still but his whole body moves and he's going up and down as he's playing yeah it's interesting um but man i'm telling you and and sierra hall like i was happy to see her because she's a new musician that i found this year yeah, he got um, her CD at the show. Yeah, uh, she is fantastic as well. I there's a video online on YouTube of her uh her like dryer was making a clicking sound and that's the first time I saw her. She's she's got this video. She goes, "You know, uh I didn't know, but uh if you stand next to your dryer, it actually helps you keep time." Oh, you practicing showed me music. that video. And then I didn't she know plays that with it. Her. And she plays with it. It's clicking like really fast yeah, and then she turns around and plays really fast with she it. She should probably get a technician out there too yeah. now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. but yeah. yes, it was great a great show. concert. If you have a chance to see them, highly recommend. If you have a chance, if you're in Michigan and you have a chance to see something at Hill Auditorium on Ann Arbor campus, it's gorgeous. I didn't need earplugs. Um, Their I know- acoustics are perfection. Yeah, I normally need earplugs when I go inside because my ears are just shot and. Um, uh, I didn't need earplugs at all. My ears were not ringing when I left, and that was a nice feeling that I haven't had at a yeah. concert in a long time. It was cool. It was a good show, and I, I liked them ending on Christmas music. Yeah. Speaking of Christmas, yes. <laughs> did you like how I did that, people? Yeah. Got wrangling my husband. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas again, everyone. I just love Christmas. Like, I do. I love the magic of it. I try to recapture that as an adult in, like, all the ways I can. Like, part of me loving all of the vintage decor, like, I've talked about buying. Like, I still want to go back to Craftique and see if they have some of the other stuff that I haven't got. Like, the vintage decor makes me feel like I'm at my grandma's. And it makes me just, like, think of, like, childhood memories. Um, My mom always likes to tell the story from me being about three years old, I think, two or three on Christmas morning one year. I was so excited to get up. Yeah, I think I must have been maybe two. I don't know if Eric was born yet, but (laughs) I was so excited to get up and I like jumped out of my room and I'm standing in the hallway, like just shaking with excitement. And my mom's like, Jessica, you have to go to the bathroom before you go open your presents. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm just so excited. I got to go. And she's like, Jessica, you got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, mom, no, mom. And then Jessica pees the hallway. <laughs> My mom's like, and then you you look at me and you go, oh, mom, because I, I was very upset. And she's like, she wet herself right in the hallway. And my mom's like, so then I had to give her a bath. And she was even more delayed before she could get her gifts. So from a very young age, I have been super pumped. I still get excited for Christmas morning. I hate the fact that I have to deal with Stephen and Rebecca because they could sleep till like 11. And I, I still am like up at six on Christmas morning. And I'm like, let's get downstairs. <laughs> yeah. And last year, I think we got up at like 830 or something. It's yeah. not too bad. Well, last but... year I had COVID, so I needed the sleep. So this year, get ready. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just, I have so many good Christmas memories. Like there was, my parents would always try to be like, my mom has always tried to be very even with gifts. So like one year we each got beanbag chairs and they had like gifts sitting on them, but we each got a beanbag chair or like one year my parents got me a bike that I was trying to ride down the front pathway on December 25th in Detroit, (laughs) like not fall and break my face. Like (laughs) it was just so, so much fun like that. And we're going to do a little reveal on Santa. If you 
you got any little ears listening, um, you might not want to uh, have them listen, though I don't know if this is a podcast for children, nonetheless. Yeah. So on five, four, <laughs> three, two, one, spoiler alert. My father has played Santa. What? <laughs> so like, I have like a couple memories of my dad. It, like, this is a perfect role for him. And I remember being little in kindergarten. And I remember, I have this memory <laughs> because it was so like, I was so awestruck. So we're in kindergarten. You know, we went to a small um, private school. So I was friends with everybody. My parents, all the parents were involved. My dad knows all the kids, all their siblings, their parents. (laughs) So we're in kindergarten. Santa comes and he's like talking to me. And then he's like, how's your brother, Eric? And I was like, what? You what? And he's like, yes. And then he's talking to my other friend, Brittany. And he's like, how's your sister, Carly? And she's like, oh, my gosh. And he's knowing all this stuff, talking about us, our parents, all this stuff. It was great. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. When I got home, I'm like, you guys, Santa, he knew everybody. He knew everything. It was so cool. And then when I was like 18, in passing, my mom said something like, yeah, well, you know, when your dad dressed as Santa for your kindergarten class. And it was like the record skip moment. (laughs) I was like, come again. And my mom's like, yeah, that was your dad. I'm like, what? And my mom's like, you didn't know that was your dad? I'm like, no, I didn't know. I was like, first of all, I thought it was Santa. I was five. I was like, I had no idea I was sitting on my own father's lap. So that goes to show you how good he is at Santa. And I was like, I'm feeling some intense betrayal right now. (laughs) I don't even know what to do with this. Um, But even when I was an earlier teen, my dad would play Santa um, for like our family Christmas parties. So we used to have all of our holidays in my grandma Urso's basement. And it was like, we were so lucky. And I've said this before. It was my grandma and grandpa Urso, my aunt, my uncle, Kelly, Katie, um, everybody. And then my grandma and grandpa Carter would come too because, you know, their family sucks. Yeah. So we were lucky. We got to have everybody together. And like my dad would disappear and he would come down as Santa for like Kelly and Katie and my brother. And I got to be like his elf. Like I was in the know. (laughs) So I feel like that's when they should have told me about the kindergarten thing, but no, they waited for years. (laughs) So I remember, I just remember all that. I remember going like holiday clothes shopping to wear like my cool holiday outfit. And we always did the Christmas Eve mass. We were, we growing up, we were Catholic and they have a children's mass on Christmas Eve and we would sing in the choir, even though I had a horrible voice. Um, I had to duet with this one little bozo kid. And when I was going to sing my part, he like took the microphone from me and sang like the wrong part. And it was just my parents and my brother will still talk about it today. But like, it's just, it's just funny. The stuff you remember, like I loved that mass as a kid. And then we'd go to my grandparents and my grandma would come over our house Christmas morning after we had opened all of Santa's presents. And my brother and I would take the couch and the love seat and line up all of our presents so we could show my grandma when she got there. That's and then my uncle would carry in the giant garbage bags filled with toys, one for each of us that my grandma brought. So we basically had two Christmas mornings. Like my grandma spoiled us so much, but it was so great. Like, and you could tell how happy it made her. Like I can remember seeing her face as we were opening stuff and we were so happy and thankful. Like we, we were quote unquote spoiled, you could say, but we weren't like brats in any way. We appreciated it. We loved it. We were grateful. Like there's a fine line between giving your kids a lot and your kids expecting a lot. There's a fine line between that, you know? So I don't know. We, we had great Christmases, just spending the time together, you know, the wrapping paper all over. We had our pierogies every year and um, we watched It's a Wonderful Life every Christmas Eve, which is my favorite movie. And we'll talk about it later. 
But yeah, I mean, there's so many, I, I, I don't even know. There's more memories just popping into my head as I'm talking. Um, for me, so we were a family that, uh, we opened Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Now, the reason why we did that is because my dad was a hunter. And generally around Christmas in Tennessee, that would be like one of the only times that it might snow. And the colder it is, the more the deer are going to be out moving and stuff like that. Um, And my dad would go hunting on Christmas morning because my mom and I sleep in. So, like, he would go hunting and still be home by like 8 o'clock or 7.30 or something like that. He'd go out, you know, because... When you're hunt- home, home before you guys even get up, probably. Yeah, most of the time, yeah. And then we would open our socks on Christmas morning. Um, so that was that was for me. Like I didn't, I didn't have the wake up on Christmas morning and open gifts. I opened them you on Christmas Eve. Weren't peeing in the hallway? No, I wasn't <laughs> peeing in the hallway. Um, and and that was the thing. Like my dad, my dad's, you know, thought on it was like, let's do gifts so that so that I can still go out and try to provide for the family yeah. on Christmas morning and then I'll come home. And, you know, and, and if he was a little bit delayed because he got a deer, then awesome. Great, right, yeah. great reason to be delayed. Extra we, present, we, yeah. We, we got more deer meat. Um, and, and for a long time while I was a kid, my mom wasn't working. So my dad was the only only uh, breadwinner for the, for the family. So that was also an extra incentive yeah. for him to go do that as well. Uh, which, man, my, my dad was great on Christmas. Uh, he would... We started a deal. It happened when I was young where he would wrap my gifts, but he would put tape over every single thing. And like, because he wanted to see me tear the paper open or whatever. And of course, as we got older, the wrapping paper, some of the wrapping paper got better. So he would buy better wrapping paper. So it's harder to rip. So that was a thing. And then as I got into the joke, I started doing it to him as well. And I remember doing it one year and he pulled out his pocket knife. And he, he laughed at me and he cut the tape or whatever. And I thought to myself, next year I will get him. That's it. That's the last straw. I'm not playing this game anymore. So on when we went to do Christmas presents the next year, I hit his pocket knife. And I'm going to tell you right <laughs> now, oh, my gosh, I thought he was going to strangle me. He was so mad because he had just cut his fingernails. He uh, had no way. Like, he could. He started laughing. Funny. He started laughing. He's like, but seriously. And he's doing that whole, like, he turns his head to the side, raises his eyebrow. Where's my pocket knife? Yeah, that's funny. I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? It's not my pocket knife. Why would I know where it's at? And he's like, Get me my pocket knife. Like it was, that's it was funny. funny. Um, and then of course we did it to my mom, and my mom, like she uh, wouldn't have any fingernails either because she keeps hers trimmed short or whatever, so she wouldn't be able to open up gifts. So that's always been a tradition between the three of us of doing that. Um, I can remember at my grandparents' house. Being a kid, um, with my nieces or my nieces, wow, my cousin like, with, with my cousins and all my aunts and uncles packed into my grandma's living room. Um, grandpa sitting in the corner. He always sat in a corner at a big chair with Patriarch. a big with a big smile on his face, watching yeah. all of his grandkids. Cool. Gifts as far as the eye can see, because when you're a kid, that's just what it is. That's the yeah. memory. It's not. I don't have an adult memory. I got yeah. a kid's memory. So as far as I can remember, there were just to- there were yeah. gifts as far as the eye could see. It was magical. Um, and I can remember when it was just me and Tara. It was I open a gift, and she opened a gift, and then I open a gift, and then she opened a gift. But as Brian came, and Aaron came, and Clint came, and Jarrett, and Brianna, like as more came, it yeah. it turned into everybody just start opening gifts. Yeah, 
And my Aunt Risa, that was one of the things I wanted to do this year for Caldwell Christmas was watch her videotapes because she's got, she had, she always had a VCR, you know, cassette recorder camera filming us and, yeah. and filming everything. Um, and it was cool because everybody would open gifts. The siblings didn't really get each other gifts. They got their parents gifts. So grandpa always got a brand new cause he had, uh, he hung two flags out. Uh, in front of his house, he had uh, off of his porch. He had one for the American flag that he hung every day. He's former army, um, and he always hung the American flag. And then on the other side, I believe he always hung. I want to say he he hung the Christian flag for a while. He would hunt, hang a POW flag, mm-hmm. um, just something to 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 offset the not offset, but to uh, go with. He had two yeah. flags. Um, and they always got him a brand new American flag every year, um, so that he could have a new one because it somehow would get torn in 365 days. The material would get torn or whatever. Um, but they always had those. Grandma and Grandpa always opened guests last, and that was just how it was. And and my grandpa, he made a nativity set for my grandma that, like, I bet it stretched probably five feet. Wow. He whittled everything we're talking characters he put the that's a lot he took he put the barn together like the whole thing and he always set it out for her every year um man like there's just those are a lot of cool memories memories. yeah And, and you know and and in my adult life i had unfortunately you know my dad had a heart attack in 2010 and it was right after christmas and we had a couple of rough christmases in a row there um, and even during those Christmases, I liked to think about Christmas magic that happened when I was a kid. Yeah. You see movies and TV shows and episodes or whatever, and there's always a Scrooge or something like that. Yeah. And then there's Christmas magic that brings them around. And and if Christmas time is a hard time for you, I can say for somebody who's experienced a lot of difficult Christmases that like if you got one Christmas that was good, latch onto that and, and, and know that there's a Christmas can be good. Christmas can be fun. There's, yeah, it's there's tougher some, on the holidays for yeah, a lot of people. There, there's something in there. I mean, I, I don't have my dad anymore. That makes it tough every single year, every yeah. single year on Christmas Eve, Christmas day. I'm like, man, I wish my dad was here every single time. But I think about my memories of, of a kid of hiding his pocket knife and then it makes me laugh, yeah. you know, and I don't, I don't go down the, I don't go down the rabbit hole of negativity. I go down the yeah. rabbit hole of, man, my my dad was just funny. He he loved wrapping gifts in odd boxes, mm. so that you couldn't guess what it was. Nice. That was his. That'd be thing. perfect for me because I don't ever want to know. Yeah, and he never wanted to know either. He never wanted to see the gift. He loved a surprise. Yeah. Um, my mom, I mean, we got her a dishwasher one year cause she wanted a dishwasher. She's been saying she wanted a dishwasher for a long time. We went and got it while she was at work, brought it into the house and he covered it in wrapping paper. And like, she never even looked at it cause she didn't want to know whose it was. Yeah. She thought it might be for me. She never asked. She never said anything. And then after we got done opening gifts, he was like, all right, so that one over there is yours. And she goes, seriously? I thought you got that for, I thought you were surprising him with something. She's like, he's like, nope. That one's for you, and he opened it up. That's so cool. our, our family has always been like the surprise of the gift. Yeah. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Well, I don't want to see it wrapped. Like I don't want to see anything. I just want to open it and 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 get the joy of of somebody giving me something that I love. I like the surprise of the gift too. In terms of like, I always tell Stephen like, just think 
just see something random that makes you think of me. Like if you see something like yep. it's funny, my brother and I always played sorry growing up. Sorry would get intense between us in one year <laughs> as adults. We both bought each other sorry for Christmas. That's hilarious. Like totally no idea, no reason. We went to give each other a gift. They were wrapped boxes. They looked exactly the same. And as we were doing the handoff, I was like, what is this? And he's <laughs> like, what is this? And I opened it and we both had bought each other the exact same sorry game. And I'm like, that is hilarious. <laughs> like that's a cool childhood thing from our childhood. Like, yeah. you know, remembering all that. And in terms of like memories and stuff, like, I am someone who like dives headfirst into Christmas and I have to step back sometimes and know that, remember that it's not as easy for my husband to do that. And so we have to balance out like he decorates with me on Christmas or Black Friday and he puts all the lights outside, but I know he would never do any of that stuff if it wasn't for me. And I mean, one, he just probably wouldn't really want to, but also Christmas isn't the same to him as it is to me. And I, but I think that us being together and his mom having came in every year has helped give him some new memories or maybe like a new feeling about Christmas. I can say that like, I, I, I lived up here for 10 years before I got married the first time. And I spent a lot of those times going home for Christmas or going to my buddy Ricky's house for Christmas. Um, and, uh, you know, like, I went other places and then I got married um, and my ex-wife and I like we we weren't decorating people. We got like a Charlie Brown type Christmas tree. That's all we had because um, for us it was funny. Um, and then I'm like, aghast over here. <laughs> <laughs> and then after because neither one of us wanted to decorate like she had like a, a small like town set with lights and stuff in it that she put out, um, which was pretty cool. And then after I got divorced, I went to using just my grandma's. Uh, ceramic tree with uh with the lights on it yep. i went to using that uh, on my i put it on my dining room table because i'd never used my dining room table so i put it there at the center and that was my you know christmas for a couple of years that's just what i put up i didn't put up i might have put christmas lights over the window maybe or something maybe like a strand of lights but i didn't really do much when i was by myself and then when we got together um and we had our first christmas and we've talked about that on the podcast with the tinsel and all that kind of stuff and um it's just different. Um, it feels a little bit more like my childhood because I always help my mom decorate the mm-hmm. tree. Um, yeah. We we didn't necessarily do it on Black Friday, but maybe we did it that weekend. Yeah. But I always help my mom decorate the tree. My dad would help her put it together because he was the taller one, you know, and get it all set up. And then we would come through with the lights and the and the ornaments yeah. and stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it it takes on a different. It takes on a different face when you yeah. change to a different portion of your life. Um, well, and, f- and for me, I got to say, like, um, with you, and I'm not saying this because we're on the podcast together and trying to get all, like, mushy or anything, but, like, with you, it's it's really cool because we do a lot of stuff, and this house looks it looks uh, warm. Yeah. It feels warm and, and welcoming for when our parents come over and yeah. your brother, and they come into our house and we host. It feels like... Christmas vacation a little yeah. bit where everything is decorated and ready to go. And, yeah. and that's, and that's cool. Yeah. I, I like that. Thank you. That's very sweet. Yeah. Um, and I will say too, grabbing that magic, that nostalgia, like I try to grab onto that feeling. I will never feel like I did as a kid, but I like to watch the movies I watched. Yeah. I like to watch all those classic holiday films, especially, and I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this, but back in the eighties, Steven Spielberg did, um, I'm, 
a right. show on ABC called Amazing Stories, which was like an anthology of like little half hour, just random stories. Um, think of it as like Twilight Zone, but not like supposed to be scary, more like supposed to be like interesting. Yeah. And in December 15th of 1985, they aired Santa 85. Yep. Santa 85 was a big hit in our family. If you've ever seen it, hang on to your Long John's Bobby was a quote that we had a lot in our family. <laughs> um, and we ended up taping it on VHS. My brother converted the VHS to a DVD. And now luckily we have Apple TV and Apple has all the amazing stories. And so we were able to watch. I was able to introduce Santa 85 to Steven and to Steven's mom last year. Yeah, And Santa 85, it's just... It's what I've talked about before. I love shorts. I love short stories. I love short movies. I love anthology, things like that. Because you can be creative and get so much bang for your 30-minute buck. And Santa 85 is just wonderful. It's a story about Santa going into someone's house, their alarm going off, the parents having him arrested, and how he gets rescued and how Christmas gets saved and how people get affected and all of that. So I highly recommend Santa 85. Douglas Sale play Santa Claus, um, which on our podcast next week, we will talk about his second appearance as Santa yes. Claus in another movie, uh, which is fantastic. Um, but it's great. But, I uh, highly recommend it. Uh, Pat Heigl, um, Gabriel Damon, Francis Bay, like, uh, yeah. you know, a- actress, actors and actresses that we've seen in other things, mm-hmm. um, but very cool. Um, and man, that's the thing. Like it, Nothing looks like that anymore. No. The way it was filmed. No, and that's the thing. That when I watch that, I feel like I am like a young kid again watching yeah. that. Like it's got, I, it's got I a was glow. three when it came out, but it would air like every year. And like it yeah. was just it was so great. And my my parents loved it. Like my dad always just made sure and my mom. But my dad, especially because he didn't have it growing up, made sure Christmas was like Christmas exclamation mark. And so it was all that kind of stuff. And like we've got like our move, like our big movie recommendations for the big hits, the ones that we love. Obviously, Santa 85 to kick it off. But I know a lot of people don't like him, but I think Will Ferrell is a genius. And I think Elf is, I mean, fantastic like it's so cleverly done it's so sincere like i literally want to watch it right now as i'm thinking about it i think will ferrell you want to talk about the magic of christmas yes and just the the sheer shenanigan of the holidays sometimes like elf is the most creative most like unique most original concept and a great holiday yearly movie to watch I just like the fact that Will Ferrell's character, while he's an adult, he's absolutely 100% a five-year-old kid. Yes. When he's, In like a when, good way, though. Like, yeah, when he's at the store and they're like, all right, the manager's like, all right, so Santa will be coming tomorrow. And he's just like, Santa! Yes. Just like, like a five-year-old kid like would be like, oh my gosh. When I think back and wish I still had some childlike wonder about me, yeah. I wish I could see the magic of, the Christmas, of Christmas like I did then. <laughs> like I think of him and I think like, I, I don't want to be him. Don't get me wrong. But I just think it's cool to see an adult doing <laughs> what I've always tried to capture. And his portrayal is so genuine and sincere. Do, do you do you want to eat this? Does it have sugar? Yeah. And yes. Yes. Like so many like, like quotable lines. 
I want to know. I think the cinematography is amazing. I want to know if he drinks that two liter bottle of Coke. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's insane. We'll he drink that if up. he drinks that, he does that so fast. Like I love like, the claymation characters, the yeah. throwback to like Rudolph and all of those stories of our childhood. There's a uh, how the uh, the movies that made us on Netflix. They did a behind the scenes uh, episode, episode on, on Elf. Elf, and it's very cool. Yeah, because they talk about how hard it was for them to get that movie done and and yep. man i mean john favreau's a genius he does yep. such a great job he does a great job making will ferrell look huge in a room That's full why of I elves said he should have been the one consulted for she hulk yes uh but man james con can't go without saying james oh, con james con was a genius i love you um and and uh, uh rusty was uh johnny galicki and that's fantastic. As oh, sorry, what? wrong movie. You're in the wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> wow. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert on where we're going next. Peter Billingsley yeah. was yeah um, the main elf. That's in what it. I meant. Pe- yes. Peter Billingsley and was the main elf. And he is from a Christmas story, which we talked about last yes. week, or it would be on our list today. Yeah. Um. But speaking of the movies that made us, he was talking about. There's an episode about Elf. There's also an episode about our next holiday pick, Home Alone. Yes. I love Home Alone. It is the best movie. Um. You've got to watch it. Talk about, like, it is just every kid's dream. Yes. Like, every kid's dream would be to do that. I love the memes where they're like, he didn't want his parents to come home. He knew what he was doing. He lured them to that house. This is what he wanted. Kevin McAllister, Home Alone. Like, he's like a... That's the first one I saw this year. I've never seen that one before. I, I like the one that's like, all right, if they had cell phones, they wouldn't have been late. Yeah, well, they don't even say that. They say if they had cell phones, he'd text his mom. I go one step further, and I've said this before. If they had cell phones, their alarms would have gone off because it wouldn't have mattered if the power went off. Their battery wasn't going to drain down to zero. Yeah. Um, I just rewatched that movie while I was working. I oh. had, had it on in the background, and you came down, and you were like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I just had... I, he I mean, heard we're, me... We've already he, watched it once. He heard me having Run uh, Run, Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry on, excellent yep. song, and he's yep. like, I walked downstairs, and he's like, watching Home Alone, and I was like... <gasps> And yep. he's like, we already watched it. I said, hold on, let me just get past this betrayal and go, go move on to why I came down here. <laughs> Part of it was hearing the boom, boom, yes. boom, 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 Yes, we've been into the Drifter's dreaming. White Christmas. Oh, like hearing that, that was in yes. my head and I was like, I got to see we'll Kevin be, McAllister try to shave and then, yeah. and then well, we'll be talking some Christmas movies and, or music in our next um, episode, but yeah, what's I, next on our, um, next on our list is the one I spoiled already. Uh, uh, Christmas yep. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Isn't that our next one? Or are we not talking that next? Nope, oh, that's sorry. fine. Yep. Yep. That's what we're talking next. Yeah. Calling an audible. Oh my gosh. I got them out of order, folks. You know, Christmas Vacation is not one I really remember watching. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember growing up watching that. Oh, I do. And I re-watched it as an adult, I think with like my ex a few years ago. Maybe like five years ago is when I first started re-watching it. And I was like, how was this not in our house? And then I, when it was on TV and I'd be at my parents for Christmas and stuff, I'd put it on and everyone would watch it. But I don't remember watching it as a kid. But the older I get, one my dad is totally Clark Griswold wanting that perfect Christmas that yep. never can happen. And then the older I get, the more I totally understand Clark Griswold. <laughs> um, my, I, I remember going to the theater to see this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. I don't. 1989, uh, I saw Batman that year. And there was another movie we were talking about on the way yeah, home we that were. came out. And I can't remember what it was, but it came out the same year as Batman. That we came out on the same day yeah. as Batman. I can't remember what that was. But I remember 1989 Christmas, we went to see Christmas Vacation, 
And my dad's favorite, one of his favorite parts in the movie is when they're going to do the Christmas lights outside and Clark pulls up these lights, he's pulling them out and then it's this big, huge knot and he hands it to Rusty and goes, here, untie that and then walks away. And my dad, I mean, I'm talking like a hysterical belly laugh. It made him laugh every time because it's this big, huge, like a yep. like a kickball size knot of lights. He goes, oh, yeah, here, untie that. He claims that I did that to him this year, but they were wound <laughs> up nicely from last year. And they just are still always in a ball, but not quite like that. But oh, man. I, we bought ourselves um, two of the um, moose glasses this year. Yeah. We've been toying with that for the last three years, and we finally pulled the trigger on that. Yep. Also, while we were in Tennessee and at a liquor store, store we found i uh, i just i wanted to post a, well yeah go ahead i was, I was gonna was, say i wanted to post a picture because it's so cool when it's all said and done but yes go ahead she was in the back of the liquor store um and i came back there i was like Did you find anything and she's like ah, i don't know and then i looked over and she's like and we looked at the, saw it at the same time yeah and it's a it's a box of wine but the box is in the shape of the house of the griswold's yes. house and it says national lampoon's vacation like yeah. it's actually national lampoon's and vacation it's like a bag of cabernet in there and like it comes with cardboard cutouts yeah. of like them to put out and like lights and stuff oh my so gosh. i bought that i had to buy that yeah i looked at her so this like... is our car you guys don't even know when we came back from tennessee we were supposed to be bringing back presents for rebecca to get you know the christmas presents from her because she flies in yeah there was no room i had to slam the trunk and hope nothing broke yeah and like she had to mail them but nonetheless we found that and it's i can't wait to so while Chevy Chase star is great, the more I watch the movie, the more I like Beverly D'Angelo. The more her character oh, yeah. is more the one that I connect to so much because there's just so many times where she's just like, oh, Clark, like, come on, buddy. Wait, like, are you trying to say I'm Clark? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I will say that every time I go down our banister and I put my hand like on the top of it to come around the stairs, I always think I fix the newel post when he just like slices it right off. That's another one of my dad's favorite yeah. parts where he fixes the newel post by using his chainsaw just to cut it right off. And of course, you know, Cousin Eddie. <laughs> cousin Eddie. So if you guys haven't watched uh, these movies yet this year, watch them. Shout out to my cousin Adam for dressing up as Cousin Eddie in 2018 for a Caldwell Christmas. He had it spot on he even brought a hose with him yeah oh my gosh i've seen the pictures but oh my hilarious. gosh shout out to adam for that and spot then, on what's next a quick little animated feature yep uh the the original boris karloff yes how the grinch stole christmas which i don't know how anyone can go through the christmas season without watching this movie what i love is the stuff now where movie. they're like the grinch never hated christmas he hated people and that's valid and it is valid it is valid. Uh, it is my favorite. I love. I love it. It's cute. That is my favorite thing to watch every year. I love I feel, the music. I, every time I watch it, though, I feel bad for the dog. I feel like he's going to be like he's put under so much stress, and he's just a scrappy little thing. I mean, he. I mean, he cuts off the antler enough to where he can, you know, still. Yeah, the Grinch head, is his... a prince of a man. <laughs> And also, I enjoy the Jim Carrey version. I know a lot of people don't. I went and saw that when it came out. I thought Jim Carrey embodied the character well. Now, granted, they gave so, it a bunch of extra stuff that wasn't in the original animated short, and that's totally fine. It has to be a feature length. Yeah, it's got to be a feature length. Like 30 minutes. Anthony Hopkins does a great job of narrating. He's not Boris Karloff, but he still does a great job. So it, I will say, I remember seeing it. That was a movie my friend and I went to see on Thanksgiving, the Jim Carrey one, and I remember hating it, but I... 
that was when it came out, and I feel like I would give it another shot if you wanted to watch it. Oh, I, I love Don't it. Don't quote me on that. I love it because I think Jim Carrey's amazing. I, I, I do. I, th- I think he's amazing, and just there's lines in there where he's like in the garbage at one point, and he's like, one man's toxic waste is another man's potpourri. Like, what a great line. Like, he's fantastic. And the girl that plays little Cindy Lou Who is great, too. Yeah, Taylor Momsen. Yeah, like, they... That movie's great. I think they do a wonderful job with it. They gave him a backstory that we never had, you know, and 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 that's cool. Speaking give him a little of, bit more heart. Speaking of wonderful jobs, yep. my favorite Christmas movie of all time. A lot of people I know don't like it, or a lot of people think it's like overrated or whatever. But it is my most favorite Christmas movie of all time. We'd watch it every Christmas Eve. We'll be watching it this Christmas Eve, black and white version only, no colorized nonsense. Yep. Is Frank Capra's "It's a Wonderful Life." Yes, Jim, I love Jimmy that movie. Stewart. My family loves that movie. We quote it all the time. Random. Like Steven is now in the, Steven's now legit in the fold because not only have I had him watch it every year, but he will like drop some, uh, it's a wonderful life quotes. And that's how I'm like, Oh, I got him. Like he's part of the family. Like I can, <laughs> I finally, I can feel comfortable around uh, him now. Like he's part of, I mean, your, da- your dad is George Bailey. I want a big one. Yes. Like uh, every time we walk around going like Macar, Macar, yeah. Zuzu's pedals, Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> a boy, Clarence. It's just so ridiculous. We had a bar in the or we had a little bar building in my dad's giant christmas village he used to do that's another memory my dad had half of our living room was like department 56 christmas village we had to take a love seat out and put it in my aunt's garage at the holidays my dad had boards with legs that you had to be put together he had like half of our living room i kid you not was this christmas village i need to find like a picture of that but we had a bar in it called like nick's bar which was like nick's bar in it's a wonderful life after george <laughs> bailey wasn't like wished he wasn't alive like yeah i i love that movie it's so uplifting like that's the thing like it's uplifting it is what the holidays are about it is coming together it is even though like they defeat potter without having to do anything nefarious. It's a perfect example of good truly prevailing over evil without good having to fight evil with evil. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I mean, Jimmy Stewart is fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I love Jimmy Stewart. The guy who plays Mr. Potter, Lionel Lionel Barrymore. Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, his grandfather. He's fantastic. He is a he plays a great villain. Like, he is an absolute slimy snake. Donna Reed, America's Sweetheart. Yep. Like, and funny, funny thing, the little girl who played Zuzu lived in Ann Arbor and my dad did a piano move for her. Yeah. So he met Zuzu when he moved her piano in Ann Arbor, which was like awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's talked about that and talked about how she was a really nice person and stuff and like real down to earth. Like, that's cool. So I love that movie. I can't wait to watch it. Like, I always want to watch it before Christmas Eve, but there's Christmas Eve magic to me watching it. Like, I have to watch it on Christmas Eve. I absolutely love it. So. I'm sorry. You're speaking. That's my trick here. What'd you say? Exactly. I can hear out of this ear. That's right, George. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. Uh, wait. So wait. Hold on. Uh, Clarence is Henry Tavers. Yeah. Great. Clarence great job. Great too. Like, man, it's just, it's a. I could not imagine watching this movie in black and or yeah. in in color. No. I couldn't do it. No. Like it's 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 black and white only. Yes. So man, what a great movie. That's a great one, and I will sign off as George Bailey would with a big Merry Christmas. <laughs> Also, if you want the uh, if you want the uh, oh alternate. Uncan- the 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 
it's not canon, but it's the SNL alternate ending. Yes. With um, Dana Carvey yeah. and Jan Hooks. Watch that. Google it on YouTube oh, if you haven't ever seen it. Oh my gosh. It's SNL's like the unaired, alternate ending. Unaired yeah. alternate ending or whatever. Oh man, it's fantastic. Yes. But what, a, what, a great, what a great thing that was. And I got to see that after watching the movie. Yes. And I was like, oh man, this is. I, I love that kind that of funny. SNL stuff. It's cool. But yes, happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas to yes. everyone. Thank you for hanging in there with us for almost this whole year. Not quite, but almost. Yeah, pretty close. 40, 40 episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us, like, listen, subscribe, wherever you find your podcasts. You know, have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. Give us a nice rating. Uh, subscribe. Yeah, man. Like, I believe that's all we can say this week. And Merry Christmas. Bye, y'all. We testing. Testing. We testing. You're a weirdo. Yeah. All right. All right.